Good evening. Our top story: political violence now escalating in parts of West Bengal in retaliation to an attack by the Left Students Federation of India on the Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee and West Bengal Finance Minister Amit Mitra in Delhi outside the Planning Commission. They were beating me from every direction with those flag. See, they've taunted. Try to take my purse, and women. Is it planning commission? Is it the political press now? How the police are? Sir, we are not set to come to Delhi. On the police administration, I'm sorry to say. What capacity? Tomorrow also, is it going to come? They are beating me also. In their hands, there was an iron rod. They tried to hit my head again. I never expected this type of hooliganism. They really, this is too much. And uh, two, three people came from Kolkata. They instigated and they have done all this. Can they stop me? They can kill me, but they cannot stop me. Since second uh, of April, when uh, uh, Sudipto has been uh, uh, brutally killed. Uh, there has been sentiments running all over the country, and there are spontaneous protests. There were uh, quite uh, nasty uh, uh, remarks about uh, some of the women protesters also. So half-hearted condemnation there by Rohit Basu. Tomorrow the TMC announces a national condemnation rally, and across the state in West Bengal, CPM offices are being attacked by TMC activists in retaliation. Amit Mitra currently admitted. At the All India Institute of Medical Sciences, are we going to see a fresh outbreak of political violence in West Bengal? But moving to our other top story tonight, and staying with West Bengal, but the news here is of another Chief Minister, Narendra Modi. Today spoke at the meeting of three chambers of industry in Kolkata. Later, he addressed BJP workers in the state. And today, we saw another avatar of Narendra Modi as a statesman. In this case, speaking for the states, making common cause for all any non-UPA states, and what he termed as discrimination by the centre against them, he also praised the Mamta government liberally during his speech to the chambers of commerce, making new allies and influencing people, expanding the BJP constituency in a state where it has no MLAs and just one MP, just one Singh from Darjeeling. That's our big debate tonight. <laughs> Narendra Modi on Didi's turf in his new avatar, making allies and influencing people. Today, he found common cause with Chief Minister Mamata Banerjee. And Gujarat is a country where Congress was going to go to the Congress. In the Congress, my 10 years old. और बंगाल में तो 32 साल से ऐसे गड्ढे हुए हैं ऐसे गड्ढे हुए हैं At his diplomatic best, the Gujarat Chief Minister refused to be dragged into a Modi model versus Mamta model debate. No awkward questions on Tata's nano project evicted from Bengal to find a home in Gujarat. Instead, he pitched his battle as one of the non-UPA states versus the UPA at a time Mamata Banerjee is in Delhi to ask for more central funds. Non-UPA state है तो आपको दूसरा treatment and tension growing between the JDU and ally BJP in Bihar over a possible Modi bid for Prime Minister. This outreach to him as well. Will this model require adaptation? 
in agricultural states like Bihar, for example. एक जिले का मॉडल बगल के जिले में भी वैसा का वैसा लागू होगा ऐसा कभी होता नहीं अकॉर्डिंग टू रिक्वायरमेंट इसमें मोडिफिकेशन जरूरी है मोडिफिकेशन नहीं However, as Narendra Modi aimed to create a new constituency in Bengal where the BJP has only a single MP, Mamta Banerjee made sure she was at a safe distance in Delhi. For her, the main focus is not 2014, but the panchayat elections expected to be held soon. There is already uncertainty over the panchayat polls in West Bengal, with the Mamta government locked in a stalemate with the State Election Commission. At a time like this, she can hardly afford to alienate her 28% Muslim vote bank by aligning with the saffron poster boy. The BJP, meanwhile, has made it clear that their objective in getting Modi to Bengal was much more than wooing Bengal Inc. Now look at the posters of Modi out on the streets of Kolkata, and that'll tell you a story. The BJP is hoping that more Modi magic will work in the state and help the BJP to create a new constituency. In Delhi, to seek economic justice, Mamta Banerjee's Trinamool Congress made it clear that there was no possible alliance with Narendra Modi. The Bengal Chief Minister insisted Narendra Modi's appreciation was not politically motivated, but an attempt to appreciate the Bengal model. Political party differences may be there. But government stand, government development work, anybody can appreciate. One state government can appreciate the other state government. That I don't think that it is a political motivated or anything. He has every right to speak. But you are, are you ready to match up with BJP? I think planning commission is not the political center. ये लोग भविष्य में क्या होगा नहीं कर सकता है. For decades, the electorate in Bengal has largely swung between the left front on one side and the TMC and Congress on the other. As much as 90% of the votes in successive polls have gone to either of the sides. The balance 10 to 12% votes generally went to smaller political parties such as the BJP, the BSP, and independents. But in the 2012 Jangipur by-polls, these trends took a U-turn. The Congress lost about 16% of the votes, with the president's son winning by a narrow margin. The BJP's vote share went up to 10% from a meager 2%, setting off alarm bells in the left, Trinamool, and Congress camps. And in the hunt for allies by both the UPA and the NDA, Mamta would be a crucial catch, given that she has been a minister in the Vajpayee government. The party is clearly not untouchable for her, and who knows when Didi will update her political relationship status. Modi's pitch in Kolkata was more political than business. That's what they are saying out here in Kolkata today. Many industrialists, prominent ones like Harsh Nehotia, Sanjeev Goenka, they were missing at the meeting. Speculation is they were worried about upsetting Mercurial Manta by meeting Modi. But the big question is, will Modi's roadshow in Kolkata today help him acquire an ally in the future? Politician may have, but I am not a politician. I'm a political person. How to make allies and influence people? Well, uh, the closing words there from Narendra Modi when asked on Prime Minister's ambitions, I'm not a politician, I'm an apolitical person. So the rebranding of Narendra Modi, interesting in West Bengal. Joining me tonight is Chandan Mitra, Rajya Sabha MP of the BGP, who accompanied Mr. Narendra Modi today in his visit to Kolkata. Also with me, Hanan Mola of the CPIM, senior member of uh, the CPIM uh, national executive as well. Also joining me tonight, Pradeep Bhattacharya, Rajya Sabha MP, president of the PCC of West Bengal. I'm 
also joined by Sapan Das Gupta, senior journalist, and Deepak Jalan. Now he heads uh, the MCC Chamber of Commerce and Industry, one of the chambers which invited Narendra Modi to actually speak today. Chandan Mitra, uh, you heard Monidipa Banerjee's report and the interest really at the outreach many would say by Narendra Modi to the Mamta Banerjee uh, government and the praise for her. What was behind that? No, I don't think if you look at it very carefully, it was not really praise for Mamta Banerjee. It was an appreciation of the difficulties she faces because of 32 years or 34 years of CPM misrule. And um, Mr. Narendra Modi was trying to make the point that all non-Congress, non-UPA governments mm -hmm. are always discriminated against by the center. He said Gujarat faces the same thing, West Bengal is facing the same. And I think in that is the sense in which he was reaching out because the larger non-Congress, non-left alliance, you see instead of talking about non-Congress, non-BJP alliance, the idea should be a non-Congress, non-left alliance across the board, whether it's pre-poll or post-poll, we'll have to see. But certainly, anti-Congressism is a kind of bond which can reunite a large number of parties. And I think um, Mr. Narendra Modi was basically getting at that. Well, that makes good political arithmetic sense in a way. But as Munidipa also reported in the facts really of West Bengal Panchayat polls, Coming up, maybe slightly different. Manish Tiwari uh, today pitched it in uh, New Delhi as a secular versus common uh, battle. You've a secular versus communal battle. You've pitched it as a non uh, anti-Congress battle. He's pitched it as secular versus Congress. But Pradeep Bhattacharya, come in here on that point. Bengal is an interesting state because, of course, the BGP has doesn't have a single no, MLA I, here. I, I, I just, I just want to make a point, um, Go ahead. Sonia. You know, secularism, I've always believed, mm -hmm. uh, secularism, I've always believed, is the last refuge of scoundrels. Uh, because they create this uh, bogey, this false uh, identity, and uh, try to unite people against the BJP. I think the people of this country have now understood the Congress, uh, left, and other such parties' games. And this time in West Bengal, you'll find that a party which had not counted for anything all these years is beginning to make its presence felt. We saw it in Jangipur, we saw it in subsequent by-elections, you will see it in panchayats and West Bengal, the BJP is emerging as an alternative because both the Congress and the CPM as well as the Trinamool have now right. become discredited parties in West Bengal. But one uh, one swallow doesn't make a summer, one uh, Jangipur doesn't mean that it's a win in uh, West Bengal. Let me just get both the Congress and the left and interestingly I think the Mamtas in uh, Delhi keeping a safe distance. The Trinamool Congress has refused to be part of this show tonight. So keeping a safe distance on this topic as well. Uh, Pradeep Bhattacharya across to you first because I think uh, Chandan Mitra's direct attack was in the Congress and rejecting this whole uh, secular versus communal argument made by the Central Congress. Go ahead Mr. Bhattacharya. Uh, look, uh, I can put it this way that Narendra Modi had two meetings in Kolkata and the first meeting she, he praised uh, Mamta Banerjee and her government like anything but, um, but surprisingly in, in his second meeting he did not say a single word. Possibly in the meantime the state BGP people convinced uh, Narendra Modi it is better not to praise the state government. Otherwise, in the first meeting, why he pays so much so again to this government? And second meeting, he was quite
quite silent. But his target was the same I in both meetings, the UPA and the Congress. Way. His target was the same in both meetings. No, I'm coming. I'm coming to that point. Yes, you are right. You are right. The target was the Congress. And what Mr. Mitro has said is correct, that they have a intention to form anti-Congress force. Anti-Congress force means including Mamta Banerjee and the BJP. But my feeling is this here in Bengal, if Mamta Banerjee decides to have any support to BJP, then definitely she will lose all the minorities votes that is around 27 to 30% vote in Bengal. Isn't that so naturally he should be, no, but so isn't should that be very cynical, careful about this matter. Isn't that cynical now, political calculation as well, uh, Mr. Bhattacharya, what Chandamitra said, secularism, the last refuge of scoundrels, is okay to reach out a minority vote bank, not okay to reach out to a so-called Hindu vote bank. Hanan Mola, come in here. because No, CPI, it is not that. It is not. No, but you're talking about them as a clear no, vote I bank just, and I clear like reason for Makkah not thing. supporting Modi. Let me just get in Hanan Mola on that because uh, Mr. Mola, the point really is that we know the BGP is not untouchable from Amta Banerjee. She supported the NDA government earlier. In that sense, do you think um, Narendra Modi's new strategy works of taking on the Congress and the left? He knows that the left will never support uh, a BGP government. So it makes good electoral sense and much more viable, some would say, than the so-called third front uh, talk which keeps emerging every election. Now, uh, no, the BJP is now they are trying trying to emerge an alternative in the country though that is not the actual reality but uh, in they are searching their allies and they think that keeping the past in mind and mamata's way of wearing this side and that side they are banking on that because of that mom jaisa then modi mamata Banerjee praised when he became prime minister after massive communal Killings. Mamta Banerjee sent a big chief minister. Uh, chief minister. Chief minister. That is minister. Big, uh, she became chief minister. She became sent a huge garland uh, by aeroplane. Mm -hmm. So you know they they are trying to hide and seek is going on, and they are all opportunist people, and these opportunist people they want if they can gain by something, they their interest for this. A, a immediate gain, they can do anything. Mm -hmm. So, there are no principle in their in, in institute. Well, though I have to say that, as I said, the uh, cynical calculation of vote banks doesn't mean that any party can claim to be principled about this. But Swapan Das Gupta, come in here as a keen observer of both West Bengal politics and the BJP. Strategically, I think the positioning of Narendra Modi, this whole new avatar really of winning allies, made sense today. And that outreach of a more inclusive Narendra Modi is what the BGP would hope to see in the run-up to the elections. Can it actually work given the realities of West Bengal uh, politics at least? I think, you know, Sonia, you've got to see this visit. And the primary function of this visit was not so much that it would affect an automatic realignment of Bengal politics. Mm -hmm. The venue was Calcutta. But I think the target was very different. The target audience was very different. It was not confined to Bengal alone. There were two themes which were there in Narendra Modi's thing. The first was, once again, selling the Gujarat model, and this uh, I'm alluding to his Chambers of Commerce speech, where he basically tried to inject the note that, look, India can actually aspire to economic success without having a massive systemic overhaul. 
the present system can give it to you if you have a certain political will you have a certain clarity of vision and if you are willing to think big now that's not a message confined to bengal that's a message to a larger constituency that's a constituency which goes beyond even the industrialist who were attempted that goes to the larger middle class the aspirational class and there was a second message which was far more political which is that narendra modi believes in a form of equitable federalism and yes. it was that federal message which you are today saying that okay it has the potential of course it has the potential mm -hmm. what basically narendra modi is saying that look we will try to make center state relations more rule based rather than discretion based uh, and that is something which is going to appeal to a lot of states exactly other possible allies and navin patnaik also possibly his constituency outreach today nitish kumar already no, uh, but swapandas ko i think the point that perhaps is being ignored is perhaps the inconvenient truth to ignore that West Bengal is not Gujarat, and the Mamta model is so starkly different from Narendra Modi. It is in terms of industry. I want to bring in Deepak Jalan here, who actually. Yes, no, no, no. Just say, I think you all did a bit of mischief mm -hmm. by saying there is a resentment in Bihar. What Modi said is that every model needs modification, not modification. And you, if you just try and twist that story, which I heard in your earlier bulletins. I don't think that is the thing. That's precisely what Modi was saying. That it doesn't. It's not a one-size-fits-all. Every state has its own approach. Uh, but but we must leave it to the democratic right of every state to do it. But we actually swap. And I was just saying the report we just read. We actually quoted him saying exactly that. That his outreach and we actually had his exact words. I'm not sure the mischief bit, but just. No, I was talking about earlier bulletins which I heard. Okay, I was talking about earlier bulletins. Let me come back to that point I made about inconvenient truths ignored. And let me get Deepak Jalan in here. Deepak Jalan. in some senses the economic yeah. model uh, propounded by mr modi and mamta banerjee couldn't be more different and the one example of course would be the nano project evicted from bengal and found immediate uh, recipient uh, open arms really in uh, gujarat where there was the issues of land acquisition etc were sorted out and the plant started in record time that's the chief minister i presume uh, you you all invited today that's the kind of vibrant gujarat growth model he talked about yet He right. somehow applied a common cause between Gujarat and West Bengal. Though we've seen the West Bengal industrial uh, situation is very different, would you expect it perhaps some lessons to Mamta Banerjee in West Bengal rather than to the centre today when you talk about industrial growth in West Bengal? Uh, well, uh, our objective was uh, not to uh, get a lesson uh, from Mr. Modi for Bengal. Mm -hmm. uh, the objective was to uh, share uh, what he has done in uh, Gujarat. and uh, you know what can uh, be adopted or adapted by you know uh, other states uh, so i think that was the objective and uh, we quite agree with him that uh, a gujarat model as it is may not be workable uh, in all the states or in all the places but um, uh, the basics and philosophy is same and with some modification uh, the gujarat model can work in other states also Well, in some modification, may perhaps be a different kind of chief minister because Mamta Banerjee has made it clear that she is not that model of chief minister. So, how would you expect to see the Modi model played out in West Bengal with the current uh, chief minister? Interestingly, of course, three prominent industrialists stayed away. The BJP said they were scared of Mamta Banerjee, and that's why they didn't show up. Uh, no, well, I don't want to comment on that, but I believe uh, our chief minister is uh, uh, quite eager to develop uh, West Bengal industrially. and i'm sure uh, yeah, 
uh, if she finds uh, some uh, suggestions, you know, some of the things which uh, Mr. Modi said, and if she finds uh, them practical, I'm sure she would uh, uh, would be uh, flexible to implement uh, some of them, uh, some of them in Bengal. Uh, Chantan Mitra, how will uh, Narendra Modi on the BGP in the state actually uh, really enthused? I saw today by that speech by Mr. Modi today walk that tight rope balancing act. On the one hand, Mamta is a potential ally in 2014, but the other hand, the natural opponent if the BGP wants to rebuild itself on its own base in West Bengal. Is it clear that perhaps the first priority would be 2014 given that the BGP right now is at uh, such uh, is non-existence in the sense of electoral seats in the assembly in West Bengal? Look, Sonia, I think one thing has to be made absolutely clear and put it across in a very blunt way mm -hmm. that uh, BJP is an all-India party. It is present in every state. Well, Congress is a larger all-India party, but BJP is also an all-India party. It is present whether it's Manipur or uh, Bengal or Sikkim or Tamil Nadu, Kerala, everywhere. And unless we are strong in these states, unless we uh, have a certain percentage of vote, have a certain number of MLAs and MPs, the local, particularly the, the regional parties, will not be bothered with us. So, mm. I think these two things have to go hand in hand. Under the broad umbrella of anti-Congressism and development that Mr. Narendra Modi is um, uh, kind of personifies, that is the national uh, picture. But along with that, the party has to strengthen itself and uh, become relevant in these states. So we have to do this hand in hand. Uh, um, all the regional parties and our allies past, present and future will respect the BJP more if we have a strength in these states. And therefore I think the BJP is working on this two-pronged strategy which is perfectly alright. So the, uh, in that point of Swapan made that the constituency today Mr. Modi addressed was not really the industrious but also a political constituency whether it consists of Mamta Banerjee, whether it consists of other chief ministers. Yet his uh, answer to that question at the end when asked if he wants to be prime minister when he said I am a apolitical person. Now in that sense many would compare it to uh, what uh, Rahul Gandhi often says that he has no desire to be prime minister. Why is it not alright when Rahul Gandhi says it but alright when uh, Narendra Modi says it? You are asking me Sonia? Well, I'll ask no, I, I didn't hear him say a, a political person. So, okay, if Swapan wants to go ahead, he can. Okay, Swapan, that one to you. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, that's part of the Indian hypocrisy, let's put it this way, <laughs> bluntly. We all know that Rahul Gandhi is a candidate for the Prime Ministership. We all know that Narendra Modi is a candidate for the Prime Ministership. There are different ways in which both of them have been catapulted to that position. Narendra Modi has been catapulted to that position because of pressure from below. Mm -hmm. Rahul Gandhi has been uh, appointed to that position by dint of his pedigree. Mm -hmm. There are differences. But it's always one of those things in India. I mean, this is one of the baneful effects of Mahatma Gandhi. Where you say, um, we, we are not really in it for anything. I mean, Mahatma Gandhi controlled everything, but still said, I am not in politics. So, uh, and I think that legacy un unfortunately persists. So I think it's, 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 it's much better if people actually give, 
will give more direct answers to questions because like the that. jdu keeps attacking the bjp in fact they're talking about this overweening desire to be prime minister shivraj singh chauhan told me yesterday also that it's becoming a joke this whole talk about prime minister candidate but before i go back to politician deepak jilan just a quick question to you is narendra modi the kind yeah. of person you would like to see as chief minister at least for at least for india inc because that's really been uh, the whole focus that he's the kind of man who appeals to india inc as opposed uh, to other chief ministers or other politicians who seem to cater to different constituencies would industrialists like you want to see narendra modi as prime minister who asked that question by the way did you ask that question to him at today yeah yeah uh, actually you uh, know i didn't ask this question but uh, uh, well uh, uh, you know we, uh, we uh, you know there was a general uh, opinion uh, of the business community that uh, mr modi has the capability to uh, lead the nation so he is uh, you know one of the few uh, uh, national leaders uh you know uh, whom uh, the business community feel uh, that you know uh, uh, being capable of uh, leading the nation pradeep patachary come in here because so it's interesting so often we see politicians talk of traditional vote banks in terms of religion or caste it's interesting to see another so called vote bank emerging and that's voices across india from corporate india saying he's the kind of person one of the few leaders we would like to see lead india is that the problem when we talk about whether narendra modi can create a new constituency for the bjp in states like west bengal do you think that can happen that narendra modi presents an image of a strong leader no 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 i am sure of it that narendra modi will be completely uh, befooled uh, because he is thinking that he will create some sort of uh, arrangements in bengal and some sort of field in bengal but that is absolutely impossible bengal is a very progressive state narendra modi has nothing to do in bengal i am sure of it that he has come here not for the to bring some industry from bengal to gujarat but at the same time she, he is trying to create some sort of patch up with tinamool congress so that before the election or after the election they can form some sort of alliance etc no. but i am in that question also i feel that tinamool congress also think it twice before taking any decision with the signal what has been given by the narendra modi lastly i can tell you that narendra modi has no capacity to run the country he is controlling a state that is different thing controlling a state is something different than that of controlling the entire nation so i can say very clearly that right. the bjp party that the party itself is not clear that how much narendra modi will be successful prime minister of bjp so there is also conflict so Let in this regard i am sure of it the attempt being Let raised by hanan uh, mola i want to come in on the, uh, the on this point uh, go ahead mr mola sonia just in that point is that you know modi is the darling of the corporate in india why is that a bad thing no because only the and because of their support he is trying but modi is overplaying and modiism is overdosing through the corporate media the overdosing is there you know the law of diminishing returns because he tried to become prime minister but he didn't work so now he is playing overplaying it and to uh, support uh, supply more 
to draw the attention. But let's look at the other law of diminishing returns. Swapin, if you can come in on that, because uh, on that article you wrote on the eve of the last elections, when you actually looked at how West Bengal's economy had diminished under uh, the left front government and hope that Mamta Banerjee would do better. I don't know if we can actually say that uh, in that sense, industrial growth, manufacturing has improved at all under the Mamta government, but it's static, if not worse. In that law of diminishing returns, do you think West Bengal is possibly looking for an alternative or in a sense, given that uh, your uh, perspective of politics here, it's a state different from any other. The left front does have a route. It is, in a sense, a fort the red can take back. Yeah, you know, I think really what West Bengal needs above all is a different political culture. I think Mamta Banerjee fought the left quite resolutely, but she took on some of the most regressive aspects of, of the left itself. And you know, that the Congress, when it fought the left in, in, in the 60s, also adopted some of that. So today, far from being a progressive state, as the PCC president has alluded, I think West Bengal has become a completely very, very backward looking state, which is not really responding to the opportunities available to it. And therefore, there is a space available for a new type of politics. Whether the BJP is able to fulfill that vacuum or it requires something else, I don't know. My personal view is that the, in the next uh, Lok Sabha election, you are likely to see not merely a triangular but actually a quadrangular contest which is going to emerge, which whose outcome I cannot really at this moment uh, no. anticipate. Deepak Jalan, just to get in on that point, because uh, both uh, the Congress and the left spoke about uh, the corporate interest and how in a sense you don't speak for the state, but do you think that the left was voted out with much hope, uh, Mamta Banerjee meant to signal Pori Bhattun, do you feel has any political party so far which has ruled West Bengal been able to deliver the Pori Bhattun that you would like to see? I think as uh, Mr. Modi said that, you know, it, uh, it took him, uh, uh, you know, 10 years, more than 10 years to, uh, you know, uh, fill the potholes, uh, uh, you know, made by the previous government. So, uh, this is what uh, he indicated that, you know, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, uh, any new government yeah, takes time to, you know, yeah, change the things or improve the things. So I think it's too early and uh, um, the current government is quite eager uh, to develop uh, the, uh, the, the state. So I'm sure I think it's, it's too early and uh, we hope that you know, things will uh, get much better uh, in Bengal uh, uh, in, in near future. And of course, I don't want to put you in a tough spot. You are, after all, in Mantadi's Bengal. But Chandan Mitra, just to come to this point I'd raised earlier about some of the inconvenient truths that Narendra Modi left out in his speeches today, you've seen also a strong attack which came from the Prime Minister's office, claiming that the figures or the whole impression given by Narendra Modi of this divide with non-UPA states and UPA states is a false one. They released figures to show that BGP states had benefited as well from allocation, so had uh, West Bengal, etc. And they released figures to actually rebut that. Others point to the fact that he talked of no corruption in BGP states, ruling out, uh, leaving out Karnataka conveniently. In a sense, is the Modi bandwagon becoming about him portraying facts which are convenient to him? Are they not rooted anymore in actual ground reality? Uh, well, I think if you no, ask... Mr. Uh, Modi is saying know, sorry, people, sorry, people, sorry, that people won't believe. Mm -hmm. One minute, one minute, uh, yeah. Uh, people won't believe there are enough sources of in information for them to cross-check and find out whether Mr. Modi is speaking the truth or not. PM's office is tweeting every minute 
they are tweeting as much as you see supporters and opponents of Mr. Modi. So everything is out in the public domain. Let people make up their mind. Mr. Modi is not lying. We all know it. You know what happens at uh, the various meetings of the planning commission, the um, NIC and, and so on and so forth. But Sonia, I am on a slightly different point. Mm -hmm. Mr. Modi made a very forceful observation today. He said till a few years ago, the polit politics in this country was on the basis of secularism, communism, caste, community, this and that. But now, he says that he has successfully brought development as a pole plank in Gujarat. He says it is very encouraging to see that uh, development being debated and alternative models of development becoming election issues. I think this is a very, very interesting observation because it is becoming true. It is true in Bihar, it is true in Gujarat and um, I mean certainly from the BJP I hope it will become true in Bengal because I was amused listening both to my friends Hannan Molla and uh, Mr. Pradeep Bhattacharya talking about you know how Bengal will never accept the BJP but you know they are, they are living in the past things have changed people want development they want change they want opportunities no, and they Mr. see what BJP has finish. done in different uh, states and what Atalji, Atalji did one minute one minute let me let me let me complete let me complete and what Atalji did in, in, in the center so once development becomes an election plank uh, and people demand to know what is the concrete plank of various political parties before they go into the, with the polling booth I think BJP will be in a very very strong position in Bengal and all the shibboleths of the past and those false identities and false consciousness which the left and, and uh, the Congress yes. tried to build all these years and um, this minority appeasement policies that have been so of course, uh, going on can't will deny be discarded. The fact that if, you if you talk of development as a winner and a quote of the Vajpayee uh, tenure, you can't uh, deny the fact that the UPA actually beat the NDA government after no, the Vajpayee tenure. So can I, can I say one word? Mr. Bhattacharya. Sorry, 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 I, I can't hear. I mean, to uh, look, uh, the industrialists, those who <coughs> have attended Modi's meeting, mm -hmm. most of them have their office and industry in Gujarat. Now you can tell me, then knowing the facts, why Modi visited Kolkata? Is it that he wanted to bring some industry from Kolkata to Gujarat? Or there is some sort of politics behind it? If it is the if, if it was his intention to bring the industrialist, then he can he could have done this thing sitting from Ahmedabad. There would have been no problem because almost all oh, the industrialists they have some office or industry or any other things in the Gujarat. So no, it is a political agenda. He was invited, agenda. It he is was invited by the chambers of commerce. May I just come in, Sonia? Yeah, go ahead, Sonia. Since when, since when does a Gujarati chief minister need a passport to come to West Bengal? Since when has it become a crime for someone to go and visit Belur Mort or Dokineshwar? Mr. Modi has every right to come to West Bengal just as you have every right to go and speak in Gujarat. I no, think this attempt to say that we must create confines, I think yours is right a, it suggests a completely parochial and completely exclusionary politics which we are really afraid of. Why, why shouldn't we come and speak in Calcutta? Why shouldn't we do his politics in Calcutta? No, 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 you are suggesting he needs a passport. The problem is this, Bengal is a 
very progressive non-communal state. Yes, yes but Mr. Modi also held a Swami Vivekananda Yatra. That will did, did you at that time object that why should a Vivekananda Yatra be held in Gujarat? But Mr. Will, you, will you object to that? Mr. Bhattacharya, that argument doesn't hold any weight because how can you say that Mr. Modi should have stayed in Gujarat? And when you say non-communal state, again the point I made to you is earlier that when you talk about a Muslim vote pack in that same breath, the Trinamool talks about an election arithmetic, the left will also raise this issue and uh, cater to minorities. When you talk of it in the same uh, vote pack, how can you then dis uh, dis uh, defy the Chandamitra's argument that no, what do you mean? No, how no, do you define no, secularism? No, I, I can... No, no. My argument is very clear. My argument is very clear because I know some of the businessmen in industrialists who have their business in Gujarat. But what's wrong and with that? They have a close contact with the Gujarat chief yeah, minister. So, so why? No, no, let me finish. Come here to take them away. Yeah, they are in Gujarat already. Nobody came to Kolkata no, for the development. See, you would have done it I from the uh, Ahmedabad. So, so I, I think, uh, I mean, I'm not, I don't buy the argument. Yes, I guess what you're trying to say is that this is not That's a spontaneous invitation of West Bengal businessmen. Why don't you go and answer that? I think Mr. Patacharya is saying that, look, this is because you all had interest in Gujarat. So this was, in a sense, you're trying to promote that. Why don't you go ahead and answer? Do you have a business in Gujarat? Frankly, it doesn't matter if you do. I have a... I, I have a simple answer to this. Mm -hmm. See, uh, uh, whether it is a businessman or a leader, when he visits uh, some, uh, you know, city or a town or a country, he goes with multiple agenda. With, uh, you know, whenever I visit a different country or state, uh, I don't go with just one agenda. I go with, uh, you know, several agendas. So, uh, Mr. Modi might have, you know, uh, uh, several agendas, you know, uh, on his visit uh, to Kolkata. So, it can be uh, wooing investment uh, from Bengal. It can be, uh, you know, some political, uh, uh, you know, uh, reason. So, I, th I think uh, there is nothing wrong if you come with, uh, you know, a few agendas. Uh, uh, so, I think uh, this is, uh, this should be fine. Right, so a, a final quick comments from everyone really I think on what the larger political message was in Narendra Modi today, this re this uh, uh, rebranding is a statesman reaching out to non-UPA states and that makes political sense as an alliance uh, for 2014. Mr. Mola, can that actually work do you think? It cannot work because Modi's method of campaign, it is a Goebbelsian method, he is repeating untruth. 37 company of his vibrant um, summit already withdrawn. He said 10 lakh crore will be invested and 10 lakh employment. Only 4 or 5 percent has been implemented. And the 50 percent of the women are the, they are, uh, you know, anemic and the childs are being dying there. The, the what model he is doing? He corporate model only help the, uh, CIG report said that 17,000 crore have been given doles to the corporate. He is uh, an Adani, he is the agent of Adani and Adani's agent is working, he is not working for the people's people and this model is condemnable model, it is not Indian people's model. I will leave the final words tonight to Swapan Das uh, Gupta as uh, the observer, the political observer here. Swapan, is it a truth that we can't ignore that Narendra Modi may rebrand himself, may reach out and uh, both Mamta Banerjee and uh, politicians like Mayavati have supported the NDA in the past but that was under a different uh, person, that was under Atul Bihari Vajpayee. Can Mamta and Mayavati, Look, given their current vote banks, afford to support Narendra Modi today? Look, when you talk about rebranding, what you are saying is, is very simple. When you are campaigning in Gujarat, you have one set of priorities. When you are campaigning on a national plane, you obviously fine-tune your strategy to suit it. 
here you are talking about larger issues like federalism you are talking about redefining federalism it's not a question of how much grant the center gives it how much they dole out mm -hmm. it's what the structures are it's what is your philosophy towards governance now that i think what is important about narendra modi is that for the first time he is raising larger questions of governance he is raising questions like whether minimum government can give maximum amount of governance he is raising question about how we can restructure federalism uh -huh. now these are important questions which are going to be raised in the course of the next election right and in the process if you really now the some people would say that only issue in the next election should be what happened in 2002 in gujarat now mr modi is not campaigning on 2002 in gujarat he is campaigning on a separate set of agenda so now obviously this people are going to see how this campaign evolves right i think the political process is what is the level of modi's acceptance i don't think the political process is start to depend as a outlined by secularism versus communism anti congress i think the political fault lines are going to be spread out much much more let's see how it uh, proceeds see, but clearly the debate is going to dominate debates on prime time television in the in the months to come thanks very much all of you for joining me tonight we'll just have a quick Absolutely. update on the other story of course that uh, mamta banerjee is apparently currently being given oxygen because her blood pressure has dropped she cancelled the meeting with the prime minister after she was heckled earlier by left back uh, student activist and amit mitra is currently in hospital retaliation already broken out in west bengal we'll keep you updated on that but just moving to our other top story tonight the kissinger cables via wikileaks continue to be a gold mine of fascinating insight into the us view of what was happening in indian politics in the 1970s in this excerpt in 1976 a cable talks of our ak antony was the main voice in fact a minority criticizing the rise of sanjay gandhi in the run up to the emergency he was seconded then only by priyaranjan das munshi and the us expression of surprise in another cable when then defense minister bansilal announced publicly that he owed his first loyalty to indira gandhi not the constitution if nothing else the latest wiki cables are shedding new light on contemporary history's old and forgotten events here are contrasting examples of how the two co prominent congressmen behaved during the emergency one standing up to the family and the other swearing undying loyalty to mrs indira gandhi then kerala congress president ak anthony was one of the only two leaders to flatly criticize the new youth congress and sanjay gandhi a us embassy cable noted the other critic was west bengal congress leader priyaranjan das munshi the us cable also noted that anthony questioned sanjay gandhi's rapid ascent to a position of power and finally it said anthony asked what sacrifices has sanjay made for the party or the country Defence Minister Bansilal, however, had no such thoughts. The U.S. Embassy noted, Bansilal said he was loyal to Mrs. Gandhi personally, and he went on to add, all his strength came from the office of the Prime Minister. Bansilal said he would remain loyal to Indira Gandhi all his life, and the U.S. Embassy analysed the stand taken by Bansilal, saying, watching for any indication of annoyance or concern within Indian military to Bansilal's suggestion. that is orders to them may relate more directly to mrs gandhi's personal interest than to those of the state it went on to analyze equally intriguing possibility that other ministers may begin to offer similar professions of personal loyalty to mrs gandhi as well thousands of such cables are now available online which offer a glimpse into the contemporary history's forgotten moments and events in new delhi 
Nitin Gokhale for NDTV. We'll be bringing you the latest update from those Kissinger cables over the days to come. But also moving now to a sordid saga of huge money and ultimately death ordered by a son. That's the story which the police have said today. They claim to have cracked the murder of BSP leader Bhardwaj. His assets reportedly over 600 crores when he had filed it before the election commission. They say the conspiracy was hatched by his younger son. Also that Bhardwaj's wife and elder son have not been ruled out of the conspiracy. The uh, money paid was apparently 5 crores as Supari, India's largest ever Supari killing. It was always suspected to be an inside job. Now the man behind BSP leader and real estate tycoon Deepak Bhardwaj's murder has turned out to be his own son. He offered 5 crores for the hit. Two weeks after Bhardwaj was shot dead at his South Delhi farmhouse by three men, the police arrested his younger son Nitesh, somebody who had been on their radar from day one. But the police say they finally have evidence to nail him. Police claim Deepak Bhardwaj was estranged from his family for over a year and an ongoing property dispute led to his murder. Bhardwaj, who was worth 3,000 crores, had given his wife and two sons the ownership of just one educational institution in West Delhi. Bhardwaj's wife and eldest son have also been questioned and the police are not ruling out their involvement. Sustained interrogation ke dauran unhone reveal kiya ki unhone accept kiya ki haan kaafi pareshan the aur is baat se bhi pareshan the ki unki kai baar Nitish Kunj mein shayad entry bhi disallow ho gayi thi aur pitaji ke vyavahar aur baaki sab business interests ko leke the murder was plotted around last December by Nitesh, aided by lawyer and property dealer Baljeet Singh. Nitesh promised him 5 crores for his political ambitions. Baljeet was also a lawyer for Deepak Bhardwaj and was aware of all the properties he had bought recently. Baljeet in turn roped in Swami Pratibhanand with the lure of 2 crores. Pratibhanand was the one who actually arranged for contract killers Purushottam and Sunil to kill Deepak Bhardwaj for rupees 1 crore. Police say that it was this multi-layered conspiracy that made it very difficult for them to figure out the main conspirator and also the motive behind the murder. But they suspected Nitesh from the very first day, especially when he said that he had broken his phone on the day of the murder. He was also concealing some facts when they were questioning him. But it was only after the police confronted him with Baljeet, the lawyer, that Nitesh broke down and admitted to his crime. Though the police have identified the main conspirator and recovered the murder weapons, Pratibhanand, the man who arranged the killers, is still at large. Police have sent their teams to Bihar and Karnataka to look for the self-styled Godman. They believe he can reveal more about the motive behind this murder, especially as police have reasons to believe that it was Deepak Bhardwaj's relationship with another woman that provoked Nitesh. With camera person Gauri Prasad in New Delhi, Tonima Biswas for NDTV. Her story is dominating the headlines of moving to Uttar Pradesh where we've been following reports of a 10-year-old girl raped and then shockingly put in jail overnight at a woman's police station. In fact, when the young girl and her mother went to the police station hoping for justice, no FIR was filed. The mother was sent home after allegedly being abused and the frightened little girl kept overnight in this jail. The man accused was finally arrested today. But how this frightened little girl was treated by the cops in a woman police station only compounds her initial trauma. जो 
मोलिका भी लिख रही रिपोर्ट हमको बैठा रखा रिपोर्ट नहीं लिखी पुलिस वालों ने जो रात को आठ बजे से लेकर हम वहीं रहते कल छह बजे तक नहीं मेडिकल तो करा दिया था उन्होंने मेडिकल करवाने के बाद हम वहां गए थे बयान होंगे उन्होंने वो शाम को जो छह बजे उन्होंने बयान पर लिए थे उसके बाद जब भेजा था हमें That uh, tragic testimony from the father there. But let's go across live now to Sonal Merotra, who is in Bulandshire and has a senior police officer with her. Uh, Sonal, the irony of this being a women's police station, really set up so that crimes against women, against young girls, as young as 10 in this case, uh, could come to what is seen as a safe environment. Yet this happened. What explanation do the police women have? Well, no explanation really, uh, Sonia, but the uh, real tragedy is that not just what she kept behind lock up for over 10 hours, mm -hmm. the family today alleged that she was even beaten up by a women cop. She was in fact blamed that uh, she herself was being blamed for the rape that was carried on on her. Joining me is the assistant deputy, uh, uh, you know, chief of the, of the place, uh, Mr. Krishna. Uh, you're a young eyepiece officer, sir, and we've heard defense from the part of the police through the day. You've said that you've done your bit, you've suspended to, you've transferred to, even the accused is now caught. But questions are definitely being asked, was this done because this was caught on camera? Because definitely she was let go of the police lockup only when the cameras reached there. Uh, yeah, I would say that uh, the police fault was there and uh, uh, the accused was there uh, inside the lockup. But uh, uh, the thing is that uh, the constables uh, who came on duty at 8 o'clock in the morning, they didn't actually know, know that uh, the victim is of uh, she is a rape victim. Uh, that's why all misunderstanding came. But uh, our SSP has taken the action and he has uh, suspended one sub inspector, uh, two constables, and uh, he has reverted uh, two sub inspectors to the police line, include, including the station officer of the yeah. Bangalore police station. Sir, I just want to ask you a very quick question. You know, we're looking at times, this is perhaps one case which was caught on camera, dealt with, you've taken strict action. But looking at the cases, do you also feel as a young IPS officer that there is perhaps need that when you're talking about stricter laws, which is now in place, perhaps law implementation also needs to be, lots more needs to be done on that front? Uh, yes, I would say that... Uh uh, on part of police, now a lot of uh, sensitivity has come. It's not like that uh, uh, we should, you know, uh, come on uh, blaming the police only. A lot of sensitivity has come. In fact, in other cases of uh, rape, if you see, the victims are treated in a genuine way. They are, uh, uh, they are uh, cared by police and they are taken uh, for medical and uh, all, the, all these things in a genuine way. Uh, exceptions, are, exceptions are always there and this particular case uh, uh, highlighted because that exception. Everybody wants to know why was she kept inside the lockup in the first place and not just for an hour or two, overnight. She was there for over 10 hours. See, the thing is that actually on that particular day we had our crime meeting. Crime meeting is sort of, uh, you know, the overall uh, look up at the crime figures of the district uh, on a particular day. So it was being taken by our SSP and uh, every station officer, every officer was there in that crime meeting. And it started at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, it uh, went up to 6 o'clock in the evening. So uh, the problem was that uh, the uh, duty of the constables particularly changed at 8 o'clock from 8 o'clock in the night to 8 o'clock in the morning, the constables, particular set of constables that even on duty. So at 8 o'clock, 
the duty change and the uh, constables uh, who came on duty uh, at 8 o'clock they didn't know that uh, she is a rape victim. That's why the all misunderstanding uh, took place and well, uh, they that, were kept. Uh, well, you call it a misunderstanding, but many would take it as a blatant, you know, lapse of law. A ten-year-old being kept inside a lock, a lockup, re-victimized when she was there to report a case of rape on herself. Uh, Sonia, what's absolutely shocking is why should a 10-year-old child for any reason be in a police lockup? Whether she's a rape victim or not is not really the point at stake here. But hopefully the media focus will make sure that the man at least has been arrested and that he will serve his time in jail. We're at the end of the show, but before we end, he's called it the biggest mistake of his political life. But Ajit Pawar clearly is not going to be able to live it down. The assembly is adjourned today and now there's a urinal which has been dedicated to Ajit Pawar in uh, Jalna and Maharashtra. This is one of the districts worst affected by the drought and it's been called the Ajit Urinal. This by Arvind Kejriwal's Aam Aadmi Party.